Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're pressing on in the Gospel of Mark. We're up to the sixth chapter now. Now, remember what we just saw in the fifth chapter? We saw Jesus uh, healing a man from a demon, <laughs> okay, a Gadarene demoniac, that kind of thing. And we saw him uh, heal and raise from the dead the synagogue official, Jairus' daughter. And in the midst of that account, we saw that uh, Jesus... Uh, the woman who had the issue of blood reached out and touched Jesus and was healed. So the very next verse, chapter 6, verse 1, says this, Jesus went out from there. Well, from there where? Where while well, this occurred, okay, what had just happened. So Jesus goes out from there, verse 1 continues, and came into his hometown, and his disciples followed him. So he went back to his hometown, which we, we're, we've seen, I think it's Capernaum here that we're seeing as his home base now. So Jesus goes back there, and his disciples are following him. Uh, this will be the ones that we will often call the 12, yeah, but other disciples, those that are just learners, they're following him. Verse 2 says this, When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. So on the Sabbath day, and the Sabbath began at what we call sundown, Friday night, and went through sundown, what we call Saturday so Jesus, he goes to the synagogue. The synagogue is just a local place of teaching, the local place of gathering of the Jewish people. It's not the same as the temple. Quite often people think it's the temple. No, every little area and region would have a gathering place, what they would call a synagogue. And so Jesus, his hometown, had one. So he comes and he's teaching in the synagogue. And the many listeners were astonished. So you see that there's many people there. They're listening to what he's saying, Okay. And they're astonished. They're dumbfounded by this, what he's saying. And you say, well, how did he arise to be able to teach? Well, it was a very open format. <clears throat> if you had something to say, you would stand up and you would say it. And if you had something to share, you'd stand up and share. Uh, some of our gatherings are like that. Most of them are not, okay, to our detriment. Uh, if you really look at what the Scripture says about how uh, the early church, the body of Christ, <clears throat> actually gathered together, uh, it would look very, very different from what we see now. Let me just put it that way. Again, it's to our detriment because we do not receive the fullness of what God wants for us with his body functioning together. Okay? So, a little sidebar there. So these many listeners, they were astonished. Well, what were they astonished about? It tells us, verse 2, they were saying this, Where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him? And such miracles as these performed by his hand. So there's actually three things that they were uh, astonished about. They were astonished by these things, the things that he was teaching. <laughs> okay, whatever that may be, we get hints of it uh, through the accounts that we have in the um, Gospels. But remember what John said at the end of his Gospel. He said, hey, you know, I, if all the things were written down that Jesus said and that he did, I suppose it'd fill all the books in the world. <laughs> right? Yeah, a little hyperbole there, but you get the point. Okay? In other words, the Gospels do not even begin to try to attempt 
to give the totality of everything that Jesus did. So they were amazed by these things, the things that he was teaching. Remember, we've seen already at the very beginning that they were amazed by him because he didn't teach as the scribes did, but he taught with power. Remember, that's one of the first things we saw in Mark. And that power, how do they know he had power? He had power to cast out demons. Not only teach, but to do that. Not only to say something with the word, but to follow it up with a deed. So they were wondering, where did this man get these things? Then the second thing was this. And what wisdom is given to him? So he's teaching not only just facts, teaching not only just the word of God, which is what he would be doing, teaching the kingdom of God. But he had wisdom. See, you can have all the facts in the world and not understand at all what's really being said or not have the wisdom as to how to apply that or not have the wisdom as to what it means at this point and at this time. But he knew these things and he had this wisdom and they realized something. And what is this wisdom given to him? Okay, they knew the wisdom had been given to him. Well, if it's given to him, where does it come from? Who's the giver? And then the next thing they said, and such miracles as these performed by his hands. So they're acknowledging his deeds. They're acknowledging the miracles. So here they are. They're listening. They're astonished. It's the hometown folks. It's his friends. It's his family. They're amazed by this. They're amazed by these great things he's teaching. They're amazed by the wisdom that's being given to him. They're amazed by the miracles. But guess what? They have to des a decision to be made. And decision is this. Where does this come from? It's hinted at where this wisdom given to him. But where's this coming from? And you see it manifest itself in verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and a brother of James and Joseph, and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they're sitting there saying, wait a minute. How, how is he doing this? They're stunned. But, you know, is this not just a guy that grew up with us? Is he not just your average guy? So they have to decide are we going to believe what he says? Are we going to believe what he's doing? Are we going to receive what he says? Are we going to receive what he's doing? Or are we going to do what we see at the end of verse 3? Here's what it says. And they took offense at him. They determined to take offense at Jesus. Rather than looking at it, they were astounded. Rather than listening to the teaching, rather than receiving the wisdom, Rather than seeing what the miracles are, they decide to be offended by him because he's one of us and he's doing these things we don't understand. So we're going to be offended. <clears throat> Let me tell you what, folks. This happens day in and day out with us. <laughs> People decide to take offense rather than to receive. Jesus knew what was going on. Listen to verse 4. Jesus said to them, so he just says this forthrightly to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. <laughs> you know, that's so totally true. It's so totally I, I mean, you can sit there. I've seen it just over and over and over again. You can sit there and share the truth with people in the hometown, and they'll just get there, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. It's just, just you, you know. You sit there, you go 10 miles down the road and share it with somebody, and they'll swear it's God himself that said it, <laughs> you know. It's, it's that type of thing, and Jesus was acknowledging that. And he says, you know, a prophet, someone will bring forth a prophetic word. They'll bring forth the truth. And they will be honored everywhere because they're speaking the truth, except in the hometown, except among the relatives, even his household. Verse 5, and Jesus could do no miracle there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. 
Well, what is that all about? Well, let's look at the last verse here, and I think we'll get some insight. And Jesus wondered at their unbelief, and he was going through all the villages teaching. See, Jesus himself wondered at their unbelief. It was unbelief that was hindering. They decided to take offense rather than believe. And because of that, it says Jesus could do no miracle there except he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. But don't you know those people were appreciative. Those people were the ones that believed that he actually could do something. See, unbelief will do what? It'll, it'll, uh, it'll crush the spirit. What, what are we told about that? We're told not to quench the spirit. Okay? We're told not to quench the spirit. And we quench the spirit by unbelief. They did not believe what Jesus was teaching, what they were seeing with their own eyes with the miracles, what they were hearing as far as wisdom. They finally decided we're just not going to believe it. We're not going to believe that it can come through this vessel because we know this vessel. This is just a carpenter. We know him. He's just one of us. And he wondered about their unbelief. So he kept on going, kept pressing on into all the villages, teaching. I tell you what, folks, don't let unbelief quench the spirit in you. Okay? Don't let the unbelief of others get in the way. Jesus kept pressing on. We need to keep pressing on. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll see you in the next episode.